Welcome to another week of the Rugby Report. I thought what we'd start off with is to just go around the house and just to remind everyone which team we were actually barracking for, and which is our favourite team of the Super Rugby competition. So uh, obviously with me this week is Jimbo Jones. Who's your team, mate? Who's your favourite team? The one that you'd live and die by? Brumbies, mate. Good of you to show up this week, Richard, though, but Brumbies this yeah, week. Yeah, Brumbies, mate. I thought I'd wear, you know, Waratah shirt to show my allegiance, you know. Uh, so nothing, nothing designer this week? Nothing orange or purple, no, on designer or matching or anything. Just the Waratahs, the sky blue. And also <laughs> with me is Blake. How are you, mate? Which is your team for life, mate? Well, I'm a New South Wales Welshman, born and bred, Richard, and I tweeted something. I regret immediately. I just didn't think they were going to hold on to the lead at 14 nil. So you um, still haven't answered the question, Blake. Sorry, I just it's very politician like of you. So who's your team for life? Look, terms like for life are, are arbitrary for a fan. You know, I swing, I'm a commentator. It's it's my profession. We're journalists. We can't actually play sides, Richard. I think, journalist. I, I, do you know what? That is outrageous. I thought you'd be able to own up to a something, uh, Blake. The fact that you are now a tar for life, but I, do, do you know what? You're up. You're up and about. I know that you're going to burn that Brumby shirt of yours because you've now bled your allegiance to the Sky Blue. Yeah. I tell you what, it's in I'm, writing. I'm, I'm going full politician here. What a weekend of rugby. <laughs> I resent you starting this podcast with another week. This isn't another week, Richard. This isn't another week. It is. We you're, have you're been doing right. this. It is not another for, week. It's the first week I'm a Tar fan. Yes, We've exactly. We've been doing this. It's exactly since, that. I, I don't know, 2017, 2016, six or seven years. I, I actually don't know. We've been doing this for hundreds of episodes. Not once since we have done this have Australian Super Rugby sides had a positive points differential since we started this podcast. Not once has that occurred until this weekend. I'll go further. Not once in the last decade has that occurred. Well, do you know what? I feel like to build on to build on the superlatives and the energy in the room, as two of us are Waratahs fans, we should start with Game of the Round, surely, Waratahs versus Crusaders. The epic five o'clock game on a Saturday afternoon. A shit time slot for a kid, but great time slot later on. Uh, what a great game. Um, and just continues to show that the Waratahs continue to build, no? Well, just- what was in the water this week in terms of fans' attendance? Last week, we sat here Kiwi games, mate. ill. Last week, mate, the Super Round in Melbourne, you couldn't fucking get a dog there mate, with some shmackos. Melbourne, Melbourne. He wouldn't. It's just, it was despicable. And even the Kiwi commentators across the ditch talking about what a disappointment, what a letdown. It probably was last week the worst week for Australian rugby in in the last a week. five years since we've been doing it. What, 2016, 2017? Well, I'll, few- I'll go further. The last decade. There's been the a few rough weeks, Jim. There's been the a few rough weeks. Nothing in terms of fan attendance at the games, that was deplorable. And then to see it this week, I thought I missed something. I thought something went out on Thursday or Friday because that shit made it. It made there was a vibe, man. There was belief in the sheds. And then to see it executed, like fuck me. That was I didn't drink this weekend because I'm trying to cut back and I didn't need to. I was already on a high. Oh, I, I FOMO for me. Like for, for obviously 
you know, pre a little one. We were always out at games. It was awesome. I haven't been at a game for the last year. COVID, right. little one. You're the same, Richard. Mm, echo that. I I genuinely had FOMO this weekend. Mm. I know. I think it was the day before, Richard, you said you want to go out. I was like, mate, I'm still on crutches. Nah. And then when I saw the crowds at Lycar, when I this is before the Tars even showed up to, on the field, right? This was just the vibe. I even like art. I genuinely had FOMO watching it, and I'm like, I, I need to get out there. I think they're there on the 28th of May. I'll be out in the game, mate. Like no, it, I, it was. I, you're right, Jim. There was a buzz. There was an atmosphere. It was. It was the first time. I want to completely agree with that point. It was the first part, first time that you felt like you wanted to be part of it. There was too many times where you're just like, eh, eh you know, like if I'm out there, I just watch it on the TV. Listen to the commentary. You know, good game. Uh, let's turn it over to something else later on. But it was a first time in a while where you're just like, oh, I want to be there. And I looked up straight away, 14th of May, back at Leichhardt against the Canes. I'm like, right, I've got to go. Because it was you wanted to be part of something. And that's not just because of the victory, which was a huge benefit it was, but it was because of the the product in terms of the atmosphere and everything that was associated with it. Small, small ground, small ground and everything. And to, to, to agree with Jim's point, yeah, it was the the yin and yang or the the the, the horrible part of last week. Is just jumped massively to this week is is amazing. So it's awesome. But it was but it was all of them like the Brumbies in the sun Sunday Ave. That looked like Turned a cracking. Out. It looked like a gorgeous crowd, a great place to be. The force, the sea of blue showing up against the Blues um, was freaking awesome. The Reds, the crowd still looked a bit disappointing, but it was a belter of a game. And then to go further, the Parramatta two Blues, bloody beating Sydney Uni for the first time in a decade at Sydney Uni, the Australian women's sevens team winning the world championship. Um, Australian rugby announcing that they made money this year. It was literally like all of the good news that we haven't been able to say on this podcast. We've just had to be neg neg Nellies, talk about bum of the round. All of the good news they filtered into like three days for us. Um, it, it felt like the payoff after just being a battered fan for so long. It felt like such a good payoff from club rugby to super rugby to financial news to the women's rugby. Um, just awesome. You're getting stoked about the financial news, are you? You are. <laughs> well, I'm sick of fucking losing every player in this country. And I thought, you know, if a year or two from now we have a bit of coin, they do the sale to private equity. Maybe these dark days of losing half our players are gone. There, there was um, a moment. There was a moment in that Brumbies game, man. I was watching it at home. You know, we're doing well, and then I heard the docile, subtle, low pitch sounds of the boo of the crowd when the ref missed a call. I don't think I've ever heard that. Not in the last five years have I ever heard the booing and the general consensus of the crowd at the rugby union, where they're in unison enjoying the sport together. I don't think I've heard that in the last five years, maybe how long have we been doing this, 2006? I'll go further. In the last decade, have I heard them do that? It, it's, it's, I came without warning. I had no idea I, this was going to happen. Can I just ask you, Jim, did you just say, I'm going to go back to 2006, I'm going to go back even further than the last decade? <laughs> I think you said 16. Oh, sorry, man. I should pay attention. Sorry. Does this prove, though, this week that, by the way, because we, we talked about two weeks ago, I wasn't here last week, but um, talked about the fact of, you know, it would be great to, you know, maybe um, divorce the Kiwi teams. Did this, did this prove again the fact that 
we need each other or you guys need each other? There is the argument. There is a slight argument, and I could be wrong, but the talk of the town is that most of the Kiwi teams spent a couple of nights at the Coochie Bay Hotel in the lead-up to these fixtures. Good. They should do it every weekend. <laughs> uh, but to your question, Richard, um, yes. um, I was on the fence. I I could have been swayed that we need a Australian rugby competition. Let's get rid of the Kiwi sides. Losing 50-0 every week is doing nothing for the Australian fans. Uh, We can't compete. We're losing our players overseas. Let's have a domestic competition. I fully got the argument for that. I think I was on the fence because I always preferred the Trans-Tasman because I like having five games where I've got a dog in the fight. Yeah, um, but I, I, I got it. I totally got the argument. I couldn't refute people who thought that, and I was almost at the point of like, all right, this has sucked for ten years, or at least five. Let's give it a go. Let's give it a college try. But I am totally convinced, Richard. Uh, we need the Kiwis. Mm. We they treat us poorly, um, but this weekend is it's it's magical, mate. It's mm. magical. I, I loved it. Um, Superlatives aside, then, should we get into the crux? You're right, Richard. Let's start with the Tars because apparently I'm a Tars fan for life now. What's um, this apparently business? Uh, yeah, I think it's a, it's a great place to start. And look, uh, if we're continuing to build on those positives, um, you always talk about the, in inverted commas, the, the quarterback, you know, and I think it was one of the more assured performances of Edmund in, in the 10 role. Uh, but even before we, before we go on to uh, Peach no, no, stay on him, Richard. Stay on Edmund because how incredible. That field is where his dad was a rugby league superstar mm. and his old man was there and I know they spoke to him at halftime. Um, Edmund's entire family was. I mean, his tears post-game. Mm. But- Do not let that boy leave New South Wales. Two weeks ago, I was like, ship him off. Donaldson's better. He doesn't have a boot. Keep Edmund. But I, I, I agree with that. But I, what I, the point I was going to lead on to, to say was not only the peach, the winger, but I feel like the more exciting thing for the Tars was this week This week is that a spine in inverted covers is starting to appear potentially. Um, you know, got a good, good bit of hooker depth. You know, um, second row still got development, but the back row is developing. Gamble was outstanding. Hooper, Harris. Uh, and we're having that go forward gives Edmund a bit more time. The centres are developing, and I feel like it's it's exciting times. Irrespective of that, as I said, is that that spine is is, is starting to uh, to develop at the tyres, really. Yeah, look, mate, absolutely. You, you could name the superlatives; they were all on fire this weekend. But you're right; the uh, the front row's legit this season, and even they're up to the fifteenth hooker is just coming into the team from club rugby. Outstanding. Mm. Um, absolutely outstanding. You love that stuff. Jed Holloway, I know we've every week, I don't think he's a second row. I don't think no, he's probably close to Wallaby no. Guernsey. Yeah, I, we've said we've said this year Holloway's playing very well. He's the four, hey, this, one of the four this week in particular. Rowers. Yeah. Yeah, but I think I think I don't know, just watch him at number eight for Southern. I just thought I don't think he's a second row. Oh, fuck, he's got to be close to Wallaby. He's just not that two meter something. That you're used to, you know, that line at lump. But the dude holds his weight and just it's just gotten better. He's a fine wine. But you talk of them. I mean, the, the ones that need to be mentioned and need their time in the sun is obviously your mate Gamble. I could not believe what I was watching. I, <laughs> thought, I thought I was stuck in the 70s, just where the dude with the mo- he's just so 
he played the house down. And the hooker, number two, don't know his name off the top, but the, the effort from that young man. And Jed Holloway. Yeah. And then Teddy Meddy, the ball carrying, the taking on the line. Like he doesn't have the biggest boot in the game, but you need someone who's going to put their heart into it, their passion into it. Because, uh, you know, I, I hate to say it, but the culture at the Tars is pretty, pretty strong. It's he knows a pretty good cannon. culture. It's a, a pretty good cannon. culture. DC, mate. DC is a loose cannon. <laughs> I couldn't figure that dude out. Yeah, did, what did you guys see? I think he got it from the LA team. He coach. Rumor has it Billy Meeks was the actual one who brought it in, but DC brought it in as the coach. The fancy dress round, the players dress up for training um, in fancy dress. Did you see some of the outfits of the Tars? No, I didn't. mate. Gamble's outfit, outstanding. It needs to be seen to be believed, and HGH as well. But it's that shit, and it is so small. But it builds culture. And, I mean, we rarely talk about teaching gear, but you guys would know from your own classroom um, that it's the the one-off moments with your senior class that build a culture. And, and something silly like that, watching the boys dress up this weekend, you're right, Jim, you've written the book on it. It, it had a feeling like DC has built a culture here and these boys are buying in. Um, they are all buying in. Yeah. The thing in with culture is you can plan for it all you want. You can drop, you can dot the I's and cross the T's and shit, but there's nothing better than the impromptu sense of an opportunity to develop the camaraderie in the group. And that would have been it. It would have been something like, I see an opportunity, let's run with it. But it's tough, right? Because we all know how much forced fun sucks. And if someone's coming in, I'll do this, it'll be fun. And fuck off, mate, this isn't fun. Why do I have to do this? And you can have those eye rolling. Like it's almost this magical potion of charisma, timing, people that you need to get right for stuff like that to work. I think you're absolutely right. But I, we can't um, not give enough credit to, to winning and doing the simple things. They've not tried to overcomplicate things. They've gone back to basics. Their game plan is is straightforward, um, and so therefore that that's made it um, an op- that, that's provided them with that opportunity to make less decisions on the field, which has been good. And then ultimately winning and winning breeds that sense of collegiality and cohesion. Um, and so, but when you combine those things, it's been a it's a you know a stark difference to what it was last year. So DC just serves a, a, a huge amount of. Uh, he, he really does. I'm, I'm assuming you boys read the article on Gamble, um, his story from Christchurch to Sydney. Um, it's such an incredible yarn through subbies and getting picked up. But the, the whole thing read like, you know, he was the freaking next coming of Richie McCaw and then didn't get picked in New Zealand, so spat the dummy, ended up over here. I think he is that good. <laughs> Obviously, he doesn't have the body of work, right? Um, you know, Fraser McWright's on fire, and I think talk of Gamble over him, it's nonsense at this point. But Gamble's got uh, he's got all the characteristics of a fucking freak. Um, and I, I really like the Pocock Hooper thing those two have got going. Hooper loves tackling. The guy makes a billion tackles. So he often gets criticised for not pilfering enough. It's because he's the bloke who made the tackle. Um, I actually think him and Gamble make an incredible combination where Hooper chops and Gamble's there for the pilfer um, and they both don't mind a ball carrier. I think it's a beautiful combination at Super Rugby level, which is outstanding. And I just need to apologise to Peach. I think last time I was on this podcast, 
of saying horrendous things about him. Um, he's my favourite player. How good is he? Uh, not flawless, but man of the match, by all means. He was outstanding. He was outstanding on the he, weekend. He still looks like a fish out of water to me. Like, yeah, things fell on his lap. Yeah, he had a great fucking game. But there was still a lack of confidence that I saw in some of his decision-making, which is still, it's still a problem. I think he needs I think he needs more time, that dude. Uh, it's not the weekend for that sort of chat, Richard, uh, from Jim. He hey, was that's good. Hey, come on, Blake. I'm, I'm a tough fan, Richard. I'm on, I'm on your team here. I apologise. Yeah. Now, not um, to bring down the, the whole machine that the Crusaders is. Didn't they, notice Newsom either? Is that what you're going to say? No, they, they were without Moanga. Fergus Burke clearly not Excuse me. What do you do? Game. What do you do? You wouldn't be doing this if it was Brumbies, Jim. This is just an anti-tar <laughs> tirade, mate. What are you doing? I'm just throwing it out What are you doing, man? I'm, I'm throwing it out there as what you, you don't need to throw journal. it out there. You don't need to throw it out there, do you, though, Jim? What are you doing? You want me to tuck it back in? Tuck it back in. Stop the week for it. I told you White Lock was done, man. Crusaders named their best team. I thought it was Retallic, And man. they got pumped. <laughs> yeah, I thought Retallic was not too. You reckon White Lock is neither? Yeah. No, I've, I've, I said both of them. It's a race to the finish line. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Jim. Um Look, in all fairness, I, jokes aside, Jim is correct, though. There was something that wasn't quite Crusader-like about it. I'm sorry. I, to, to be an impartial person as much as I hate it to be, they, they, didn't, they didn't quite execute as well as they, as, as they normally do. Let's be totally honest. You know, and if you look at it... Because um, the Tars were so good. Yeah, and that's what you can argue. But, you know, if you look at the number of turnovers they conceded, uh, they weren't as clinical as what they were before, as what they normally are. The Tars defended really well and obviously had less possession and less territory and stuff because they def- they defended outstandingly well. But uh, if we were to play, if we were to play this game five times over or ten times over, you, you'd still back the Crusaders to win. But I don't want to take that any away for the Tars because the aforementioned reasons they were they were awesome. And thank God they don't do that. But look, you know, across the ditch, they're not playing to a packed audience either. They're not getting no. sellout fans at their game. So the Crusaders would have been under the pump of a very boozy crowd. And that no doubt plays a part. I just, I, I think that's understated, particularly in this event. I think mm. this was, they should not leave like God, I hope they take another five years to build that stadium mm. because it would be a huge shame. Yeah. And I, yeah. I can't wait to get out there before they've moved on. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, just to finish on that, we definitely, as much as we're being a bit impartial, we don't want to take away from the task because they were fantastic. And I'm excited for them, um, you know, to for next week to hopefully, you know, beat Pacifica. And then suddenly it starts a, it starts a momentum to then build up to the Canes. And then suddenly you, you start to build and build. And uh, and that's the exciting part. And you've got to celebrate it, right? These absolutely. weekends come around literally once a decade. How many games did the the Tars win last year, boys? Exactly. How many times the Tars beat the Crusaders? When was the last time it happened? In the grand grand final. We were there. Yeah, we were there. there. Um, I think that was when this thing was getting started. We thought Mm. it was the golden era of Australian rugby. It was all downhill from there. Um, So you've just got to to sit back and enjoy it. Mm. And and that goes goes for all of the Australian rugby teams this weekend. Mm. So should we we jump to the first one, the Reds Chiefs? You can sit back and enjoy it, but I'm up. I'm up. I'd actually go to the bottom because, you know, obviously I know they're your second team, Get to the This is your second the team, Blake, but surely the second game of the round, surely it's the Brumbies-Canes. Go to the round. <laughs> <laughs> this is the main event, mate. The rest was foreplay leading up to this one. Why was it? Oh, okay, sure. 
not even not even going there. Um, <laughs> looking at the I game, I like this one. I like this one a bit better because those 14 points at the start of the target game were hugely important and it was just a wait and see and fingers crossed at that point. This was actually a tussle. This had they're in front. Now we're in front. This was a shared lead. This was a great – and it saw some of the – some of the like, – like, fuck, I'm so glad I don't have to pick this Wallaby 15. I'm stoked it's not me this year. Well, it's the same um... – it's the same dilemma as the last few years. The Brumbies as the Brumbies are incredible. It's all working. And then you pull them out as individuals and they don't seem as strong. Um, but the Brumbies as a system it is, is just freaking awesome. Um, they, they, they won this game fair and square. And I, I like that analysis, Jim, that the Tars was almost like, please hold on. Please, something cool happened. This was like the Brumbies were in an arm wrestle and they just genuinely won um, almost every aspect of the game. Um, I think um, not only the arm wrestle, but I think in previous years, you know, you look at uh, um, the, the try just after half time, you know, penalty goal and then a try. There'd been many years uh, gone past where an Australian team would have folded uh, because, you know, Kiwis love scoring just before and just after half time. Um, but the fact that they then went on that that run of what was it, you know, three tries without without uh, conceding, that showed the fact that um, that the, the conceding of a try was an aberration, and they wanted this a little bit more, and they were they were the better team. Which well, I think Savia said that I think at the end of the game they wanted it more, and it's always a weird statement when you hear that one. But I, the Brumbies genuinely played like it. I think um, something really pleasing with the Brumbies, but I'm going to say this for all the Australian teams. The biggest difference, the biggest adjustment I've seen from last year to this year is post-contact metres, um, which is whether that's footwork just before the contact to put himself on a, on a soft shoulder um, or it's leg drive after the contact. Um, and even if it's in defence, and you heard McKellar talk about that at half time, um, we're not okay with hanging on and putting them down. We want to drive them back. There seem to genuinely win the physical contest. And that's on the back of blokes like Bobby Valentini, um, Brown and Pete Samu and Scott Co, who deliver in that, that area, or Ikitao with his footwork. But they're winning the contact. Last year really had a feeling of Colts versus men um, where the Australian teams just couldn't win the contact. So if anything good was going to happen, it was going to come from random broken play. It was hard to build anything. So I think that that was so pleasing for me. To build off of that, I mean, one of the things that I sort of noticed looking at the 2020 footage, the 2021 footage and the the footage we're seeing on the weekend is when they went into contact, quick ball is obviously what every team desires, so they hit the deck straight away. And that didn't necessarily produce quick ball. What they've sort of changed here is if they hit the contact and and then get that extra metre, fight for that extra one or two metres, that actually is more productive of supplying quick ball because you're taking the defence with you and they're not a position to sort of legally pilfer for the ball there. I think they also to build on it is we've actually talked about um, the Kiwis playing too open a style recently and not competing enough at the breakdown. I thought that was a real clash of styles um, and I think them not competing at the breakdown um, actually really hindered them because it was it was apparent that the Aussie teams went a lot harder than what the Kiwis teams did um, uh, this weekend. And so not only, you know, yes, the post-contact metres, leg drive, et cetera, but 
the level of, of competing either with the ball offensively or or competing defensively was a was a big difference maker. Um, a, a few names for the Brumbies that, that I think we've got to shout out is Simone is just having a season. Um, he's just having such a the amount of tackles he's making now. He's a defensive machine. Um, Ikatel. I think he seems to have shelved that shitty offload from last season and he just makes good decisions. Um, and defensively at 13, he's becoming Australia's Conrad Smith. Like he just makes reads um, that our other outside centres aren't doing. Uh, Noah has returned from injury fantastically, but I thought Nick White was sensational. Um, absolutely controlled this game. I think the Brumbies lost a lot when he came off the field because uh, he was really controlling this game. And I'm just loving the form of our halfbacks, White, Gordon, McDermott, even Lonigan off the bench for the Brumbies. I don't think it was that good this weekend. Um, and then uh, what's his name for the force? Had a blinder as well. The talent and halfback is off the charts. So uh, really, really, really pleasing for the Brumbies here. Um, and, and, you know, we said it about the Crusaders. The, the Canes felt a bit off. Um, and, and we've said it all year, mate. They're not going to win a game while Harold Bishop's playing 10. What are they doing? As soon as he was off the field, they looked heaps better. I, I cannot work out why he's playing. Just pick Geordie Barrett at 10. Even if he wants to be 15 or 12 for the All Blokes, sorry, mate, we need you to play 10. Cheers. Because it's a directive. He's being told that. They're not he? to play Harold Bishop. Because I, I heard directive. he wants to play 12 for the All Blacks and they see him as a 12. Geordie? Yeah. yeah, that's the mail I've heard. And but the Hurricanes play him at fifteen because they need him there. Oh, okay. You count on one know. to hand how many times he's played twelve. Yeah, I think it was his directive though. That's where he wants to be playing. Well, no, mate. We put you where I put you. You know, be playing in Harold Bishop's position, mate. I can't believe that. I, yeah, Harold Bishop at ten. Like the experiment's over. I think it's knocked TJ Perinara down a leg, passing it to this idiot. TJ Perinara is in his veteran years where he's just, you know, he's more interested in developing the players around him than his own personal form. <laughs> he's lost a leg of pace? Uh, yeah, he's lost a leg of pace. He's lost a little, of that, little bit of that edge. You know when it was like a proper battle where Aaron Smith, the incumbent, and then Perinara, you're like, fuck, Perinara's got something about him. He, he used to be the chirpiest dude on that field. Now you hear diddly squat. You don't hear diddly squat from Nick White, though. He didn't shut up the whole game. He put Barry under some pressure. i tell you what, where it paid off is I think in the um, the second half, the Brumbies conceded one penalty. Yeah. And that, that is so contradictory to how they were in the Australian conference. Their discipline killed them every time they played the Reds. They were the worst disciplined Australian side. Um, they conceded one penalty and a half. Let's be honest, guys, you, you're probably going to win – any half of rugby you play when you only concede one penalty. Mm. Um, I thought it was awesome that their discipline was that good. Or maybe it's just Nick White being in Barry's head. Um, so for my second team, um, convincing win the Brumbies, that's two in a row. They've beaten Kiwi sides. Yeah, they have. It's definitely a great achievement. But once again, like I did with the Crusaders, you know, Richard calls me an unfair man, but I'm a journalist. I'm oh, that's I, 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 but the Hurricanes. Unfairness. That's that's. Don't yeah. put words in my mouth. The Hurricanes definitely had their case of the dropsies. They they put down some absolute killer opportunities that they'd worked for, um, which is a bit unstylistic. Ray Arcy, Ray Arcy is the winger that's coming for you. Know, it's just always find a winger. It's this dude this this week. 
he um outstanding form. But just generally, I think they got out scrummaged here. Scotty C, I know he's the backup, but I thought I thought I Slipper know. made a real difference when he came on at scrum time, though. I thought that was when the Brummies got the tail right up. But CEOs work around the park. Mm. It's gone. It's gone, and it's got another leg. Yeah, we're not short of props, are we? No, we are not short of props. Flankers, halfbacks, right now, or, or outside centers. We have bucket loads of them. Um, so well done, Brumbies. Moving on from one fairy tale to almost another. I want to go the Fiji Drew playing at home to the Highlanders because that was special. That was the type of game you get text messages, Drew at home. It had such a buzz about it. Um, I really thought they might get this done. Um, it just would have been the most sensational weekend if they did. They played bloody brilliant. Um, it was an awesome game of footy. It was just a fun game of footy to watch as well. Um, it was high pace. It was toing and froing, uh, but in the end, they just couldn't get the job done. And they won pretty much everything on the stack sheet. They were the team that was just—it was such an exciting brand. You know, they, they developed so quickly. It was just a shame that they couldn't quite uh, uh, win it at the death there. So, real shame. But you know what? It is special to, to see all those fans in Suva. I think that's, that was amazing, and that continues to sh- to give me. Hope that the uh, the Fijians that don't make the rugby championship or join a major tournament at some point um, to continue to grow the game because they're awesome yeah. sabins. We and can get them in a fifteen side. So that's, that's it, the main thing. And make them competitive down here. Get another tournament going. I think this weekend, in terms of the Drua and the Pacifica, you know, it cements that this is a success. Their inclusion has been a very, very one they probably wouldn't have expected till years from now, right? They were not yeah. expecting it to be this close, this uh, popular, this early. Yeah, you look at, yes, they're at the bottom of the ladder, but th- they've almost never not been competitive. Mate, look um, at the scorecards. Outside of the Brumbies Canes, it's all within a fucking bee's knee. Yeah, it's it was just a sensational round of rugby, mate. Uh, but this just tells me I want more home games in Fiji. Um, and I, and I, I let's get the Pacifica, let's get them into Samoa, let's get them into Tonga. Um, we there's an appetite for it, right? Yeah, get those, get them some financial wins. Um, but loved it. It was an awesome game. That's what you're <sighs> about, isn't it? Fuck, it made. I'm all about the cash money. Um, that's why you do the podcast, yeah. That's, that's why I do the podcast, boys. I would not waste an hour on a Monday night for any other reason. <laughs> um, loved it, the drawer. Moving on, let's talk about there was two other very close fairy tales. The Reds losing by two to the Chiefs and the Force losing by four to the Blues, which I think is even more surprising. Um, the Reds, I thought they were going to get this done um, and 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 I, I think they would have if Tupo didn't come off the field. Um, At what point I, do, we, uh, do we call a spade a spade and say that this is a disappointing result? Now, yeah, but uh, you know what? I'm going to call a spade a spade, and I know people might not want to hear it. Tupo wasn't having a great game around the park. He looked like his calf was already injured, um, but he was on the field. They won every scrum. They won a tight head scrum and scored off it. He went off the field. Um, they conceded a try immediately, and they uh, they just got scrummaged off the park. I totally get that so point. Two post stays on the field, they win this game. And I know they're missing 55 other front rowers this year as well. They're putting SOSs out for hookers. 
They've lost Xander. They've lost everyone in the front row. But I, but I do think Tupo is that significant. And I'm sure you guys saw the news. He's out for the rest of the season. Mm. Back to the England um, series, I hear. Oh, fuck, I hope so. <laughs> Did you actually hear that? Yes. I think that that's what he's aiming for, the England series. Um, but I, I, I think their success in Australian rugby... Because it's almost surprising that they beat the Brumbies, isn't it? When when you're looking at them at the moment, the Reds, mm. um, but they're they're just so um, injury hit at the moment. Pattaya, mm. Vinavalu, James O'Connor, Tupo, the entire front row, Solokai Loto. Do have, they've just copped it this year? It was just one of those seasons where they just haven't. They've they've got a deep squad. That's why the team still look pretty good. Um, but, does but, this I, but I think that's why it's not disappointing, I guess. I think they just didn't have the players on the park. Like, does who was act- playing the Chiefs in the second half? Does it give credence to the point, though, that you were brought up a couple of weeks ago, you know, about training being, in inverted commas, too hard, being too intense, that, that these all these injuries are can't just be a coincidence, that they're just occurring right now. There has to be an underlying reason, or is it just unfortunate? And the second part of my question... carrying Bradthorne's bins. Yeah. Anyway, go on, Richard. And the second part of the question, how big a game is it for the Reds next week? Injuries aside, you know, um, the Highlanders, the inadverted cob is the weakest of the Kiwi teams. How big a a game is that now for the Reds? Because surely they have to get a win on the board, no? Look, I'm going to tip the Highlanders here. The Reds, when I'm watching them, Tupo out. We're looking at a rookie 10, you know, having his first debut season. We're looking at Hamish Stewart, who's, in my eyes, struggling to find a little bit of form. Here's an opportunity where he needs to fucking step out and do and play a bigger role than what he's been used to. Hasn't really done that just yet. We're looking at injuries coming back from the forwards. I'm not seeing anything other than Tate McDermott being a massive freak and everyone else being too slow to react to the opportunities he creates. That's all they really have here. No, I think Tate McDermott's a freak, but I think the the biggest issue is the backline players chuck it to Paisami. And he does a lot of carrying, right? And they're good carries. No one else is firing a shot in that back line. Jock Campbell had his worst game ever. Um, I thought Fluke looked good when he was involved, but he's not involved nearly enough. And Dalgunu, it looks like a subbies player this season. Um, there's, no, I, there's no firepower outside of 10. Um, I'd also add in from this, because um, we don't need a... Yes, we talked about McWright. He's been great getting over the ball. Um, but I don't feel there's enough go forward in that for in the forward pack at the moment. You know, Blythe does well um, as a line out lifter. Does is puts a lot of effort in. You know, and does all the bit of the dirty work. Wilson is his work rate is high. Takes lots of carries. But to go to your point about post contact meters, I still don't think there's enough grunt in that in that Reds pack at the moment. They're, they're missing Uru and Salakaloto, mm. aren't they? Yeah, big time. Um, th- those two and, and a fit Tupo and a fit Xander. And Mafia at Hooker, it's a, it's a different team. Mm. Look, we're being brutally harsh on the Reds here. Yes, we are. They, they only lost two. But I think it's the weekend where Australian rugby teams won and the, the Reds were the top of our conference. Um, we expected them to win. But I think the crux of it is here. They've just been so depleted. Um, strength and conditioning, have a, have a look at yourself. What's going on in Queensland? Uh, don't rush to that. you got to look at the injuries. That's what I mean. Who's 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 doing it? Strength Who's the coach, man? No, but if they're impact injuries, that's just how the game goes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you'd have to have a look. There's just so many out at the moment. 
There is, yeah. But Uru and Solokai Loto are on the bench, so th- there's hope. But but that's a Brad Thorne thing that, that I'm going to say, I don't know, if you're a Reds fan, would it piss you off? Whenever he brings someone back, it's like they have to go through the bench. Um, and I don't know if that is a, their fitness isn't up to it yet, so he's, he's working them into it, or it's like you need to earn your spot again. Um, sometimes I think just put them on the fucking park. Uh, look, I, I know we're not, we shouldn't... Um throw the baby out with the bathwater, but I would actually quite like everyone to shift across one in the back line as well if we're talking about wholesale changes. I wouldn't mind seeing even Hamish Stewart at, at, at 10 Breach. and putting Paisami at 12. Fluke I just feel at like 13. That's a, fluke at 13, yep. I just feel that that's a better um, uh, better flow to their to their game plan. I think use oh, Paisami. I love it, Richard. I love uh, it. But I just don't know why that doesn't happen. Yeah, he seems to be. I, I don't mind backing Crichton, and he hasn't been shocking. J- Jock Campbell was shocking on the weekend. He had an absolute barrier of a game. Um, Crichton, he's not been terrible, um, but it got it's a step back from James O'Connor at the moment. I mean, he's just a kid, right? You don't want to pile on. Um, he just needs some time. I'm sure he'll be a good footy player, but I don't know. Just not. Just it's, uh, a weekend of magic. The Reds almost bloody got it done, so I don't want to be too harsh on them. No, very true. Uh, I think they, they scored at the end. You know, it was much worse than and not as close as the score suggests. I think that's fair. Yeah, and uh, the, the, you're absolutely yeah. right, Jim. There was uh, it was a bigger d- discrepancy than what it was, but I just think because you know you're the prisoner of the moment in regards to we expect more of the Reds because of what you just said, Blake. They were at the top of the conference, so if anyone's going to play well, you thought the cream would rise to the top, but. That's Talking it. to the cream that did rise to the top was the Blues. Surely Bowden Barrett continues to to rise. Akira Yuani continues to rise to continue to show what amazing rugby players they are. Um, and the Blues continue to demonstrate, even with very little possession <laughs> and very little territory, they still find ways to win the Blues. Yeah, and look, Akira Yuani has been my sure thing to score almost every it was, his, it was his first game back this week. First game oh, back. And yeah. I, put to, I went down on him because I just thought this dude just scores tries, man. And what does he do, Rich? at the 21st he scores mm. tries mm. um and the blues look this is closer than they'd probably like to admit this is a fairly full strength we had cable caleb clark return to the the lineup as well which is which is always great for rugby union but the force mate they dug deep they held on and they almost yep. pulled one over them the mm. force were fucking outstanding mm. um I, I watched the first 30 40 and then i i just can't stay awake that late anymore can I just say, we've, we've given him enough shit on this uh, this podcast for a few years. Best I've seen Carl Godwin play in a long time, just both distribution-wise, carries, defenders beating. Just, that yeah. was one of the best best performances I've seen from him. Um, I don't but, know where but, that but came from. Let's, yeah. let's be honest. The force, and, and you don't want to blame it all on Kunzel, but the force kicked their goals. They beat the best team in the comp comfortably. And if you're going to beat the best team in the comp... You've got to kick your goals. Got to, got to kick, kick your goals, goals. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, that's how good the force were. Mm. Um, and it's something that, that fucking shits me, eh? Reds, Reds were the same. They kicked the goals, they win too. We, we could have swept it this weekend. Mm. Um, Jesus. Kunzel left a lot of points out there by not kicking his goals. Uh, a lot of points out there. Another um, one. Another one who did, because I want to stay on the positive, but another one who surprised me because, you know, left the Reds quite a few years ago was was Reddy. He's had a lot of issues and stuff, but I thought he made a big impact when he came on. Obviously, only played in the last, what was it, half hour probably. 
but I thought yeah, he made a big, big pro- difference. Probably never going to get another game, is he? Because they've just signed Flaufinger, so they're going to have Katu and Flaufinger already. No, but it just shows to me he needs to get a game somewhere because he's there's, there's definitely something there, you know. And we saw it many years ago. And, and Reds I need someone. Yeah, go back they, there. They certainly do. Um, I thought for me. Um, Pasatoa had a blinder um, and, yeah. and, a, and a real and the only one in the country, a running fly half. Ed Med, um, Teddy Meddy, mate. He's a running nah, fly half. No, he can half. do both. He can do both, Pasatoa is a genuine running fly half, though. He's a, it's like when Reese Hodge plays 10. Um, I thought Pasatoa was great, but I thought player of the round for me for the force was Isaac at nine, mate. He was just electric. It was the weekend of Australian halfbacks. Um, he was absolutely incredible around the park um i just this was brilliant i like i said i caught the first half the night before and i caught the second half the next day when i saw how close it was mm. i'm just so upset they didn't kick their goals isaac finds mate he's a bit plastic or <clears throat> sorry plastic or porcelain he's great some weeks and then he's just rubbish the next oh, i just think it's not his fault i think he's a kid with all the talent who the brumbies played on the wing for two seasons and then he went to the force and he's been behind the club captain prior. So he's just never had a decent run. Um, watching him play halfback, I, I, I want to watch him get some minutes up. Well, he earned his spot. He's earned his spot on the runner. Off he, of he certainly some... has. But then you think if they pick prior, they'll probably kick all their goals. But that's it, right? That's <laughs> so exactly right. So, in, you know, unless Kunzel's going to start slotting him, it makes it a really difficult gig for the coach there. And Kunzel can kick. He's just young. Young man, yeah. Oh, just it stung that one. It stung because um, it, it just, just could have been a fairy tale weekend here. Yeah. Just want to give props to the to Ollie Cullen. I uh, hadn't really known much about him, but then obviously I thought he played. He went through a lot of work, right? The uh, the eight for the for the force at the weekend. He hasn't played um, too many games. I think it hasn't come to my attention, but I thought uh, watching the game, I was like, you know, he worked really hard, took a lot of carries, and, and did well for them. Mate, if you're a back rower and you want to be on the conversation, you've got to work fucking hard at the moment. Mm. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of talent going around the mm. country. Um, and then we're, we're so mean on them, um, but the Rebels and Moana Pacifica. Um, mate, if it Rebels, wasn't for the Rebels, I'd be top of our tipping comp, mate. And if it wasn't for them, I had belief in them at the beginning of the season, man. It's outrageous. Look, I'm, I'm struggling to concentrate on the Rebels for a full 80. I really mate, am. Yeah, well, you should have watched this round. They played some really, really decent football. Um, Gordon, he's a very good fly half. Like I know, remember at the start of the year, he yeah, was up, he, he did he was one thing. White hope, right? We were because he ended the season last year, and then it was sort of Swimming, well, we mate. want him over Tamua because Tamua was a bit shit, and then he came in and he just didn't tackle. Um, this weekend felt like the weekend where he he truly arrived. Can um, we just um, can we just rename on halfbacks Tuttles? Another halfback is finally getting game after game after game, and it's starting to show as well. So, can we just rename this section to and uh, Blake's uh, person who's swinging off this week is Carter yeah, Gordon. Gordon. Yeah, I don't know if it is. Off him. I don't know if it is. I, nah, think it I, was, is. I was swinging off. He could tell more. Nah, His you weren't. Defensive work at thirteen. Nah, you've swung on him for years. Go on, Tuttle or Gordon, whoever you're interested in. But well, these I rebels, do, who, I, who I could swing off, um, Reese Hodge against. Foreign opposition. He went from about the worst player in Australian rugby till we started playing other countries, and he's a freak again. All of a sudden, have him in the wall. He's a freak. He's a freak. 
Roll you very well. Oh, sweet. I'll swing off all of them this weekend. Nah, not in. Not in for the Rebels. Not in for this performance too much. They're, uh, they need to do something. They need to change something up. I don't know, maybe a fancy dress round or some shit. Something needs to give here. Dress them up. I thought they played great. I thought Philip and Leota are playing very well in the second row. Um, yeah. I thought Hardwick running on is is helping. Wells is playing exceptional. Nine and ten were good. Kellaway starting to notice him again. Reese Hodge starting to notice him again. Both of them have been absent either through injury or just absenteeism. Uh, throughout the whole season, starting to come together. The Rebels aren't that bad a football team. But I, I will agree with you, Jim, of, of everyone in the Australian Conference, for whatever reason, they're the least interesting. They're, they're boring. Yeah. I think the force of the Rabbitohs, they're the underdogs who we kicked out. The Tars were well, my favourite team. What more can you say? The Brumbies are everyone's favourite teams and the Reds were top of the conference. Yeah, Reds got five, but the Rebels, they're, they're just... Something it's, it's uninspired. They're called lettuce, mate. I think it's because they're called lettuce. No, they're iceberg lettuce, mate. Um, I think it's the um the element that you talked about. The crowd adds so much, even from a viewing Doesn't experience. It? And, and I just think not having it there, you just you just feel like a little bit distant from it. Um, but so good yeah, on just, those couple of loyal Melbourne Rebels. Fans yeah, absolutely. Turn and up. Mm. You are important for our game. All in all, boys, a fucking sensational round of rugby. Even if you're a Kiwi, right, surely you appreciate that it's competitive. No. I, I reckon if you're a Kiwi fan, you just want to smash an Aussie team. Like, be honest, if you were the, if you, as, a, as an avid Tars fan and an avid Brumbies fan, if you could win 50 week, 50 nil every week, wouldn't you love it? Every week, love it. Mate, I love that it's just you only get one crack at them. It's not a you play twice. It always shits me in cricket season, and this is having a shot at you, Rich, and your Bobby boys, but when everyone's like, I hate when the cricket's over in three days. I like when it's absolutely not. I want to to roll them for eight, declare it none for 900, and put them in again and have it over by day three. I love it. Exactly. So that that defeats your point. (laughs) Well, shut up, Kiwi fans. Um, he just wanted to say put him in again. Um, All right, should we project? Well, well, just quickly, Tolulatu, everyone's favourite player. I know a personal favourite of yours, Jim. Love it. Darts in the car. I genuinely love him too. Um, Latu is leaving France and has announced he's coming back to Australia um, to continue the next chapter of his rugby career. He's prime age for a hooker. He's 29. Um, there's a few big years of Australian rugby ahead. His talent is genuinely undeniable. His discipline on and off the field is also genuinely undeniable. He can't be tamed. He can't be tamed. But that's the magic of Tolulatu. I'd love to chat cards every weekend because of him. He's the grizzly. Yeah, great for a pet for a bit until he want to kill you. He can't. <laughs> He's, he can't be tamed. So whoever takes him on board at your own risk, you've been warned. I think the Brumbies have said there's there's no interest there. They've obviously got Lonigan, who had a great game, and Pollard coming through. Um, the, the force have got a zillion hookers. Um, I know the Rebels have got Hanson and Ulysses, who might be going overseas. There's a rumour there. I hope not. We've never seen him play a game of rugby that's half decent. Um, so the, Reds need ho- the Reds need hookers, but there's no way Brad Thorne's welcoming him in. No. Um, so back to the Tars, mate. He's a tough I hope so, mate. 
I really aren't. So, um, <laughs> what do you reckon? He was a uni boy. What are you talking about? Yeah, well, no, he was. But should he be welcome back, Tolulatu, into Australian rugby, or is is enough enough? A whole new generation of players is coming through. What do you mean, welcome back? He didn't Sunny Billis. No, but he's gone over there and he's crashed cars. He's broken necks. <laughs> he's he's, he's so done tarts. Um, do do know, we need a fourth I've member a of this podcast? I'd no. love to. <laughs> Oh, um, could you imagine? Imagine the darts would get through. Um, I know a lot of people online are like, no, piss him off, enough's enough. I think you can tell from my sentiment. I love a redemption story. Yeah. I he's love very, a bad boy too. He's a great scrummager. He's great off the ball, uh, over the ball. Uh, what do you boys reckon though? Richard, would you touch him? You're a super rugby team? No. Yeah, but no. Rich is proper, you know, Rich. He is. That's fucking, so Richard. Richard's got his matching Gucci on right now, you know. <laughs> he doesn't want to be near the rubble, not the mean streets that we grew up on. I, I know where Dude, I, know I where saw both Jay of you, can, I, can I just say I know where both of you grew up and the education system you went through. The mean Richard, streets, the mean streets Richard, is so far away from you too. Richard, I don't, don't know, know if you know the shit oh, I saw. I know. Once I once saw a man jaywalking. Right in front of me. That's just, right. just outrageous. That's just outrageous. the kind of disregard to society that we grew up in. That's the shit we saw. So don't come on here telling me you know me. You don't know me. I saw him cross the road, Richard, and I still wake up at night. Um, yeah. <laughs> bring Latu home, I say. And I, and I genuinely, Wallabies, there's, there's no hooker right now. It's open, mate. Captain. Parachute him in. Fuck Can it. Can I just say that? <laughs> Jim wants Latu as captain. That's fine. Captain of the time. Hashtag Latu for captain. I don't know which is worth. Hashtag Latu for captain or hashtag Reese Hodges a freak again. Which is worse? <laughs> I'm not <laughs> quite sure. Hooking both project. to my veins. All right. Let's project. How good. <clears throat> my goodness. All right. Rebels are playing the blues to start us off. In Auckland. Week. Yikes. Yeesh. Mm. Yeesh. Yep. Yikes. Yeah. We could all be vulnerable. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. my. Yeah. <laughs> no, but oh, holy shit. Uh, right now, the Rebels are paying $251. That's what I just saw. <laughs> uh, but today, I actually I had a mate um, post this to me. I don't know if it's still the case. He sent me a screenshot. Um, sports bet. Um, so, sucked in sports bet. I'm calling you gamble out. Responsible. No one should gamble or don't gamble at all. But sports bet had it wrong. They had um, they had the Rebels as favourites and they were giving the Blues 26 points. Um, I think it was obviously just a temporary error. I'm going on now. It's been corrected. Um, it's $11.50, the actual thing there. No, it's, it's – yeah, it's been corrected now. But yeah. earlier today they, they had the Blues having um, – A 26-point head start. Yeah, exactly no, right. Yeah, Keep an eye out for it, fellas. Yeah, crazy. Crazy. Uh, all right. Anyway, I'm obviously Blues are going to win this. Will they win by more than 25? No. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, 25 is a lot. No. 25 is a lot, man. Oh. All right. Go the Rebels. Hang in there. Uh, next, I, and I, I think you guys are right. You called it, Richard. This is, this is huge. The season's on the line here, and they are favourites. Reds at home to the Highlanders. Highlanders not a great team, man. Reds all to play for. I'm going Reds. 
Yeah, I, I think I'm actually. Um, I think I'm going to go with the Reds as well. Actually, I think um, for the reason that this is a not a make or break, but I think it's it is really a crossroads where they're at. So I think the Reds will, mm. will win this. I say it with bated breath, whatever that means. Oh, uh, you're going to say this is a cop out, but I need to see the na- team, the Reds' name. Cop Who's out, fit? man. That's cop such out. a cop out. Yeah, Who's we do this Who's... every week. Who's Pick a team. Hooker? Uh, Just pick one. Um, What if I said, what about if the Highlanders got a five-point start? Who who would your boys take? You still in the Reds? No. They can't play from behind very well. No. No, no. (laughs) Not literally. Theoretically. I would would, would still go with the Reds, yeah. Five points is not enough. (laughs) These lines never waver your your judgment. Um, All right, next one. Uh, Moana Pacifica. Um, at home to the task. So where is home for this one? Mount Smart Stadium. Yeah, isn't that Sounds one fucking yeah. smart. Isn't that uh, the Chiefs uh, home ground? I believe so. That's what I, I thought. Sorry, I'm just going with it. Uh, Tars favourites here. We're all on the Tars? Yep. Yeah. What about if I said give Pacifica eight points? Mount Smart Stadium's in Auckland, sorry. I still think it's the Chiefs home ground, but maybe no, I'm wrong. It's crazy. I don't know. Whatever, man. Uh, anyway, I'd, I'd Taz, still go with the Taz. Yeah, Got to be. Even with eight points? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the next one. Say it to me, Blake, but this is where the business end is. It's the game of the round. It's got to be. I've got to go Chiefs here. I've got to go you, Chiefs. You, you've never told anyone who was playing. It's, it's, <laughs> not, a, it's not a video podcast. Yeah, you've been doing really that this intrigued. whole time. <laughs> Chiefs versus the Brumbies at the Chiefs' home ground. Yes, it is the Chiefs' home ground. I apologise, I was wrong. And uh, I reckon it will be the Chiefs. Thanks, both of you, for that response. I really appreciated it. Yeah, again, if it was video, the faces I was pulling was great. I looked genuinely strained. I'm just doing the math on it. So, so am I. I wonder why you look so it's strained. Versus, it's it's heart versus head here, isn't it? Like, no, because the Tars are not playing. The, the Chiefs are form, mate. The, yeah, they're all right. The Chiefs are the form Kiwi side, if you look at the last two weeks. They're genuinely, I think, playing the best. Um, they're at home. How can you not pick them? Hey, Jim. Peace, man. Jim? Yeah, mate. Yeah, should, should we uh, set Blake a time limit on how long he has to actually make a decision Look, on which time he's going to pick? Uh, my my brain says Chiefs. My heart says Brumbies. I'm on the Brumbies the whole way. Loyal. Western Force and Crusaders. I'm going, going Chiefs. Jim? I'm going Chiefs. I'm not happy about it, but that's where mom going. Mm. Sick. Force Crusaders. Surely the the... The Crusaders are gonna want comeuppance for that. They've yeah, I feel sorry. The last three. Yeah, I feel sorry for the Force because they're gonna feel the Crusader Force. Yeah, this is the comeback to form uh, game here for the Crusaders, but the Western Force, I don't know. Something magical about the Force in Perth. <laughs> Crusaders by plenty though. They get a third um, leg. Always funny that. Um, I like that one too. Hurricanes Drua in Wellington. <laughs> Surely the Canes do that comfortably. Yes. Yeah. Look, Adi Save couldn't be a bigger advocate for the Fijian Drua and the Moana Pacifica, so it'll be good to see him um, captain against them and, and just the camaraderie and mateship at the end of it. I think it's it's going to be one for the uh, 
One for the heart. And I, just how good's watching Andy Savia. Just always awesome. It's unreal. 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 Um, well, boys, I know we've we've raved and we've rambled, but I've enjoyed it because I really enjoyed my rugby union this weekend. I, I would like to say one thing before we finish up. Oh, um, here we go. And it'll be super quick from me. You might make it a little bit longer. But the refereeing changed this round in terms of cards. There was some decisions made, particularly in that Tars game. Where was there foul play? No foul play. Not in contact to the head. No penalty. The only explanation I have is they listen to the podcast. That's it. Yeah, they have to. There's no other. There's no other possible explanation. Or honestly, um, we saw it across the rounds. A real different interpretation of the rules. Um, we really did. I agree, Jim. I think we really, really did. I preferred it. Um, I think um, I, I genuinely I preferred it. I think less cards is better for fans, and we had a great round of rugby. And I did intentionally try and avoid talking about them earlier because yeah. it's such a good brand of rugby. I didn't want to go down this path. Um, all I can say is whilst I appreciated all of the decisions more, you'd have to look at each of them individually inconsistent with the rest of the season. Yes. So, so if, and if that's the issue. If it's a line in the sand that, okay, now we are genuinely, was there foul play? No, it's just a rugby collision play on. Or I think, you know, leaning yellow, go the yellow. If that's how it's going to be, hook it to my veins. But it was so contrary to every other the last 18 months of rugby. Mm. Um, the only that, thing that occurred was the dude who knocked Hooper out did the exact same thing two rucks previous. Yeah, and that one I genuinely thought they got the first one was uh, a red, which should have been a yellow in terms of the language I'm saying, um, and by leaving him on the field, it felt fucking intenty, the second one. Yeah. He shouldn't have he shouldn't have been on the field to do the second one. Um, but that's what I'm saying. You'd have to look at each of them individually. But on the whole, I preferred the sentiment of the decisions. Um, but it, completely inconsistent with the rest yeah. of with the with the rest of the season. Um let's do it, but It'd be hard to swallow if next weekend there's a head clash and someone's red carded. I just wanted it to be a quick little thing that, that yeah. we just did it at the end. So that that's it. Richard, Thanks, what do you Jim. think? Yeah, I just think it's um, it's it's a it's a balancing act between obviously the safety of the players and obviously the the rules. Uh, but I think from a from a fan's point of view, you're absolutely right. If we draw the line in the sand, then that's great. Um, but we just need to be consistent. Uh, because if we're inconsistent, and I know it's such a subjective thing, obviously how you interpret something, um, but if we're inconsistent again over the next few weeks, that will bring the the the, the fire and the, the anger more so than the decision, I think, because everyone's now in more in agreement with, with what happened this weekend. And the ones that were red cards were clear red cards. All I want to know is all the card fanboys, the people who just fucking froth a card, and a game being called off, where are they when they don't go the card? When they give it the best decision ever, the litigation will be lawsuits for years to come. And when they don't give the red, you don't hear boo. They're in the OR, mate, scrubbing up. <laughs> anyway, rant over. Yeah, it was an interesting observation, Jim. I don't think you're far off the money. All right, see you, boys. Thanks a lot. Hooray. Loved it. All right. Thanks, guys.